Today, we're going to learn about the beauty of sharing the good news. When one person who knows Jesus introduces him to another. I'm going to show you what that looks like and help you see how to do it, because right now, this is what our world needs. Jesus' followers who share the gospel with folks who don't know it. Missionaries, not in the technical sense, but in the spiritual sense, who do what they can right where God has placed them to introduce others to Jesus. The first time I ever talked to a foreign missionary was in graduate school. I was in my second year at Princeton Theological Seminary, working as a teaching assistant in the speech department, helping students for whom English was a second language. We'd schedule an hour together, and I'd ask simple conversational questions, and then we'd work on pronunciation. I had a Korean student, and in one of our sessions, I asked him, why come all this way to Princeton? I'm studying to be a missionary, and I thought it made sense to learn in the place where I would be doing my mission work. Now, I was confused. I'd always imagined foreign mission work as something that people did far away in the world where no one had ever heard of Jesus. But he clarified, I've come to Princeton because people in the United States need Jesus. Now, at that point, I'd had two semesters of church history. We'd learned that Korea had been completely closed to outsiders until the end of the 19th century, and yet, here it was, a hundred years later, and Christians are coming from Korea to the United States to tell people about Jesus here. How did this happen? How did Christian faith spread so quickly in Korea? The answer is that it was ordinary folks who were told about Jesus who then chose to tell others about what they'd heard, sharing the story of the gospel from one person to another. Everyday people who'd come to faith brought Jesus to Korea. Now, the thing that we need most today in our country is Jesus. We're hearing constantly about what a terrible year it's been, and everyone's got his own version of the solution. But the truth is, the remedy that we need, the only thing that will set things right, is Jesus. Our only hope is to be renewed again in the good news that God is for all of us. Not my tribe against yours, but the whole human race God is ready to straighten out every crooked road, ready to level every mountain and smooth out the rough places, ready to bring peace and restoration, freedom to the oppressed and liberation to the captives. All we need to do is unclench our fists, lay down our arms, turn from the paths on which we've wandered away from God and bring our hearts to him just as they are and then accepting the mercy and the grace that he has for all of us, that he's given to every single person in Jesus. Then we will see the healing that we need as individuals and as a land altogether. The world needs Jesus, and here's what we'll see today. The task that he has given to his disciples is to bring him to the world, 
every one of us serving as a missionary right where God has put us. Let's start with clarity here from the Bible. The Gospel of Matthew ends with one final interaction between Jesus and the apostles. It was the first Easter morning. Some women had gone down to the grave where Jesus had been buried, but they found it empty. An angel tells them he's alive. Go to Galilee, tell the apostles that he'll meet them there, and he'll give you your mission. This is Matthew 28, 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The disciples were waiting, wondering if what the women had told them was true when Jesus appears. He comes walking toward them on the mountain, and when they see him alive, they fall down to worship, even while wrestling with their doubts. They had seen him die, after all. And knowing that they need reassurance, he tells them, all authority belongs to me. God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead, has put him over everything. His name is above every name in heaven and on earth. Think of our world right now. Jesus is the authority over everything you've ever experienced or ever will. There is nothing that is out of his hands. He is in charge. Now, with that authority in mind, listen to the final instructions he gives to the apostles. This is verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Here is the mission going forward. Jesus' final instructions to the apostles and to us as well. Do not stay put, Jesus says. Go from where you are to places you've never been, to people you've never met, and make disciples. Introduce me. Bring the good news which changed you into my follower to people from every culture, people of every ethnicity. That's what nations is here in Greek, ethnos. The gospel is for every culture, for every person, for every place. Go, Jesus says, so people who don't know me can become my students like you have. Bring them into the realm of my gracious reign where my justice and my righteousness and my rule are embraced. That's what it means to baptize them into God's name. This is what the world needs. You are responsible for bringing it. Teach them to love like me, Jesus says, to give instead of take, to serve instead of being served, to be humble and kind and true and good. Teach them to trust God only, obeying everything I have commanded you. This is your mission. Jesus ends with a promise, and this is where the book of Matthew ends. And remember I am with you always to the end of the age. 
If you accept this mission, you will go off into the unknown, but no matter what uncertainty you face, there is one constant that you can count on. No matter what, Jesus says, I will be with you. Bring my good news into the world and you will never be without me because I will always and forever remain with you. These instructions sent those disciples off into the world to share the good news. And ever since, they've been sending ordinary men and women into the world to share Jesus with others. Whenever one person shares Jesus with another, it's beautiful. This is Seo Sang Ryun, one of the founders of the Christian church in Korea. If not for his work in sharing the gospel, maybe those students that I met in Princeton would never have come to be missionaries in the States. Seo was not a pastor or a priest. He was a businessman with his brother. They worked as salesmen in the trade of ginseng, traveling back and forth between China and Korea to make money. In 1878, while they were in Manchuria peddling their product, Seo came down with typhoid fever. He ended up in the hospital on the verge of death, and it just so happened that the facility he was taken to was the mission hospital. Six years earlier, a missionary named John Ross had landed in that very city with his wife. They had left Scotland, where they grew up going to the Presbyterian Church. They were bound for Korea, inspired by Jesus' instructions and promise. Ross traveled east to share the gospel, but on his way, he got stuck in China because the doors to Korea were still closed to foreigners at that time. So they settled in Manchuria and set up a medical mission where they cared for sick people, and when the opportunity arose, shared the good news of the gospel. Now this is where Seo ended up with typhoid. John Ross and another missionary named McIntyre nursed him back to health, and they talked to him about Jesus. The man who was born in Nazareth, in a village in the country of the Jews, a man who showed us exactly who God is, different than we would have guessed, just, but also merciful, transcendent, but also right here with us, concerned with those who were forgotten and pushed aside, loving and caring for every person with us to walk through suffering as a shepherd with his sheep, the one who humbled himself for us to lift us up to be with God. They gave Seo a Chinese translation of one of the Gospels and offered him a deal. Read this and talk to us about it, and we won't charge you for your hospital stay. Now, Seo was a good businessman, so he agreed. And then as he began to read and they talked, God took care of the rest. Both Seo and his brother became believers on that trip Ross baptized them and immediately got to work at spreading the gospel back in Korea. Help me translate the gospel of Luke 
into the language of your people, Ross told him. You'll go back to Korea and share the gospel there. This is a picture of their first translation. It was finished within a year. And then, four years later, they published it in this form. And Seo and his brother returned to their native village, Sore, and from there they traveled throughout the region distributing the gospel and talking to people about Jesus, just like Ross had done for them. Within 15 years, they had planted 12 new churches in a country that had no churches before in a region that would later become known as the cradle of Korean Christianity. A hundred years pass, and 30% of the population would become Christians. And their young people would travel across the ocean to Princeton so they could study to become missionaries for us. Seo Sang Ryun was an ordinary man who came to believe in Jesus and then did what he could to share the gospel with others in his own way. And that made him beautiful in a world that needs to be transformed by the unique beauty of Jesus. Everyone who meets Jesus is meant to do the same. In his own way, that includes each one of us. Right where God has placed us, we are given the same task that Jesus gave to his first disciples, the same task that John Ross accepted and Seo took responsibility for in Korea, sharing the good news with people who don't know Jesus yet. How do we do that? This is a question that we have to answer because ours is a time that needs Jesus. I have three practical suggestions for you to get you started. These are meant to equip you in the most immediate and manageable ways. Simple steps that you can take to spread beauty by sharing the gospel. Let's start with the easiest one. Invite someone to church. Right now, this is easier than it's ever been. Our loss of worshiping together comes with the gain of how simple it's become to invite someone. You have a friend, a coworker, a neighbor who might not come to a church building, but they would click on a link to Sunday morning and join a service virtually like this. If you invite them and they tune in, they will be exposed to Jesus through our singing and scripture reading, our prayers and my messages. All of us know people who don't have any involvement in church, and many of those folks have never received an invitation from us to join on a Sunday morning. One way to share the gospel is to tell them about our services and invite them to join us. My wife, Michelle, did this with a friend at the start of the pandemic. Our daughters go to school together. We were walking in town recently, and we saw her and her family, and after some small talk, she thanked us for our worship services. Her husband did too. We were surprised to learn that they'd been watching for months, and they were really grateful. You can invite someone to church, and you will be taking a step toward sharing the gospel. Now, my second suggestion will take a bit more from you, but I'm confident that you're ready for this. Read the Bible together. Choose a friend 
or a family member who doesn't have faith and ask them if they would be willing to read one of the Gospels with you. Once a week, you can set up a time to meet for conversation about what you're both reading. They can share their thoughts with you or ask questions. If you're able, you'll answer. If not, you'll be honest about what you don't know. And along the way, you can tell them about your own experiences with Jesus. And then you can see what God does with it. There are many people who do not have faith who would welcome the opportunity to have an open and honest conversation with a sincere Christian about Jesus. If you do this, you'll find that it's not all on your shoulders. God does amazing things when people read the Bible together and talk about it because the gospel is the power of God for salvation, not the power of the person who shares about Jesus. When people read scripture, God speaks for himself. When I was a pastor in Red Bank, a woman who came to worship every Sunday showed up one week with a boyfriend. Before long, he was her fiance. He didn't believe in God, but he was joining her because faith was such an important part of her life. One Sunday, he met a man named Ken, who led one of the small groups in our church. Ken extended an invitation to him. How about we meet for breakfast once a week? We can both read the Gospel of Luke and then talk about it. That way you can learn about the faith of your future wife. He agreed. Two months later, I received this email. Christian, my name is Tom Mandaraki, and my fiance and I have been attending your church for the past couple of months, and I would like to thank you and thank God for bringing this church into my life. Last night, at only our second small group meeting at Ken's, I pledged a commitment to serving God in whatever way he guides me. Today, he is guiding me to thank those that have led me to this new and exciting point. So thank you. I got this email eight years ago. Today, Tom and his wife lead their own small group at that church where they both have a hand in helping others come to know Jesus, all because someone invited him to read the Bible together. You can do that too. Invite someone to read the Bible together with you, that second. And now the third suggestion. Share scripture. Let God's word become a part of your ordinary conversations. When someone is struggling, share a promise from the Bible. If there's guidance in scripture that you've found helpful, tell them about it. If there's a word that has sustained you or illuminated the darkness or helped you in a time of need, write it out and share it with them. Maybe you have a friend who's anxious, you've listened well, and now it's time for you to share scripture. Thank you for telling me about how you've been struggling. When I'm worried, I talk to God about it, as if you were right there listening. There's a passage from the Bible that's been helpful to me. It says, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. You can tell God what's making you anxious. He cares about you and he listens. 
Now, maybe you're thinking, I can't do that. I don't know scripture well enough. Okay, now you know that you have some work to do. Take time to learn scripture, and as you do, practice sharing it with others. That is a third step to take, which will enable you to become more effective at sharing the good news, which is just what our world needs. Men and women who become beautiful as messengers who share good news, simply and without anxiety and with joy. You know, I can't remember a time when it's been more obvious that the world is in trouble. And not only because of the pandemic, it's as if even though many of us haven't become physically sick, there's an emotional and spiritual sickness all around us. And if we're honest, it's getting into us too. We don't want it to, but it is. The gospel tells us that help has come. And Jesus says to us, I am the remedy. The good news that I embody is the remedy for every sickness. Nothing else is. The gospel is the remedy. For insecurity, it's the remedy. For selfishness, it's the remedy. For deceitfulness, it's the remedy. For fear and anxiety and loneliness that turns us against one another, it's the remedy. For injustice and oppression and racism and every kind of hatred, it is the remedy. For our separation from God and all the misery that follows, the gospel is the remedy. And the joy of discipleship is that Jesus sends us into the world which is languishing with the remedy. The good news that Jesus is for you. God loves you and has opened the door. Come to him where the law is love and forgiveness and grace abound and where you are forever free to live the life which is true life because God is your God and he has welcomed you and he has welcomed all of us with open arms. Go into the world that needs Jesus with this remedy and share him with people who don't know him yet then you will be beautiful in a time that needs beauty. Let's pray. God, for every man and every woman who has become a bearer of your good news in the world, we give you thanks. For those who have come before us and who have shared their faith so that we ourselves could become people of faith, we give you great thanks. We ask you simply to inspire us and to fill us and to renew us in the good news so that we can become beautiful like those men and women before us have been beautiful by people who share very simply the good news of your grace and justice and mercy and deliverance in Jesus. Give us open eyes to see those people who we can invite to church, who we can read the Bible with, who we can share our faith with, who we can talk to you about, And help us be bold and courageous as witnesses of yours in this world which needs you now as much as it ever has. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.